Hello and welcome to a new series of Tammy Ginders. And if you're new to this programme, it's where Howard and I go out and explore the wonderful things around the Isle of Man, ponder things that might seem a bit of a mystery and generally just talk rubbish, maybe. <laughs> it's a case of thinking about what's on the Isle of Man, who's on the Isle of Man, what's going on. Just a case of wondering about our wonderful island. So it's been a while. It has, actually. Um, and I did wonder whether we were going to get another series. But here we are. And as ever, I think it would be fair to say we have great plans before we start a new series of, of getting out and about and being really prepared. It never really seems to work out that way, does it? <laughs> There are always great plans. Uh, they very rarely come to fruition, is the short answer. There's been so many schemes we're going to do, uh, and they just haven't happened. To be fair, to be fair on us, COVID hasn't helped. No, it hasn't really. Um, I am going to set myself a little challenge for this series. I think we've got about six weeks. Okay, I wonder if I can get through all programmes of Tamagindis over the next few weeks without mentioning the E word. The E word? Electric? No. Esoteric? Eccentric? No. Empty? No. Uh, how long have we got? <laughs> how many more? Egg? Okay. It's a word associated with something that's happening in September, which has become oh, my that, main focus. That's E-word. That that's E-word. E-word. Yeah. Right. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's a good, that is a good challenge. Okay. That is a good I've challenge. got so much to say about it, though. I could tell you all about it. No. You sure you don't no. want to hear it? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I know with us, yeah. No, right, OK, onwards. Well, as we record this programme, we are looking ahead to Monday, our national day, Timwell Day. Um, I haven't seen the weather forecast yet. Um, rain, rain. Is it really? Rain. Well, I don't know. Oh, um, stop. You're such a pessimist. I am. Yeah, you really are. Yep. Anyway, if you have ever been to the Timwell Day ceremony for the morning proceedings, it is a wonderful thing to watch. And it is all documented Mm -hmm. minute by minute so they know exactly what's happening at any minute and the person who leads the procession is the sword bearer Bernadette Williams and she is somebody who's always fascinated me because she just always looks so perfect her gorgeous red tunic and she's carrying the sword and she never ever seems to drop it an inch and I don't know how she does it so I did wonder how somebody actually starts and becomes a sword bearer. So I went down to Port St Mary to meet Bernadette to find out. I actually um, joined the women's section of the Royal British Legion in 1983. I didn't realise there were competitions. I thought there was just something that you did in the village, sort of on Remembrance Day. So why did you join? What was it that prompted you to do that? Actually, my father did it before me. Um, One of my earliest earliest memories is is him polishing his kit, ready to, to go out, and I'd be very young then. Um, and it was my friend's mother who was, um, I think she was the treasurer, and they asked her if she was interested, and she wasn't, and she mentioned to me, and I thought, I jumped at the chance. Um, so after three practices with Major Spencer, and, and at that time there were a lot of branches in the Isle of Man, and they all had standard bearers, and they all had deputies, so it was hard to get a standard, but Daphne Murray... She had won the national and she was retiring. So um, she gave me a couple of run-throughs in the town hall. And then I went, I think I had three practices before the competition and, and her borrowed kit because I didn't have uniform or anything. 
and um, I went in the competition and I was runner-up. So Major Spencer said, you don't look too happy. I said, don't go in anything to come second. So from then, I managed to win and keep winning, but I trained endlessly. I would go, I didn't drive at the time, and all your kit is heavy. It's, it's a lot to carry. And I would sometimes be up the town hall three times. I'd go up, I'd come back, and I think, no, 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 I'm not happy with that. So I'd what go, were you doing in the town hall? Just drill, literally walking? Drill, drill. It's a military drill. It's right. all, all based on military drill. Um, and there are uh, a number of moves where you have to dip the standard, and there's three different sorts of dips, the, the national anthem, the act of homage, and for the wet weather, where it's just held horizontal. Sloping, uh, marching, just all sorts. So you just keep going over and over and over. And you must have had muscles like no one's business. I did in the end. <laughs> I did in the end. And back in those days, we were judged by the military. So it was, it was keen. It was keen. Um, you'd have guards coming over and, and judging you. So, yeah. <laughs> and how heavy is the standard, do you know? Oh, heavy. I, I can't tell you, but I know they're, I think they're eight foot four in height. And then you're, you're carrying them in a leather pouch which takes the weight but then if it's windy that's doesn't even begin to to hold it the national standard is twice as heavy again because it's it's like double thickness and it's all gold thread it is a beautiful thing it's got the big orb and the lion on top which makes it like that <laughs> so yeah yeah i remember the first time i went to the albert hall and um i mean i felt like somebody hayseed down from the country you know they all came with their entourages and there was me <laughs> and um yeah it, it was i remember going to the ladies and i thought right so we'd done the first show and those days the way the muster formed everybody came in that the, the, the national standard led so came down and we were on the stage and everybody came through everybody came through and we did not move from that position at the carry where you've got to be able to sit a teacup on your forearm until 40 minutes later when the uh, old and the bold, the Chelsea pensioners came on. And by that time, your legs were locked and you couldn't move when they told you that you could. It was, it was, yeah. And we did the afternoon show and I went into the ladies. I took my shoes off because I never sit in my uniform. And that's the one thing that goes against the grain when I have to do the sword at the church service. You sit never sit in uniform never you crease you just you just stand um so i took the took the skirt off and hung it up behind the door and my shoes off and i thought i don't ever want to do this again <laughs> unfortunately i won i won it for the next five years so um i was there every every year it got that little bit easier i suppose I just wonder what keeps you going, though, when, you know, you, you must have to push through a pain barrier to oh, keep do. in that position. You do. It is. It, 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 there's different levels of training. Not everybody goes to that extreme. But I was, my children used to know them as a competition coming because the curtains had to, had to all hang a certain way. I swear they were all addicted to brasso and shoe polish. <laughs> That's all you could smell in the house. But you, 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 you start getting ready for one competition as soon as you finish the last one. You never stop. But when you go, you, when you lead a, a, a war graves pilgrimage and oh, there's so many, when, when you're with the Chelsea pensioners, when you, you go on parades with, with all the veterans and people say, why do you do it? That's why you do it. It makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. How do you keep your emotions in check, though, at events like that? 
the only time I shed a tear, the only time I shed a tear was at St. George's, I think it was, when um, Lady Jones was coming from the church. Um, when, of course, His Excellency had passed away. And um, we had the standards as a guard of honour. And I gave the salute because I was the parade marshal. Then I cried. And I got the most lovely letter from her. Oh, I've choked. Yeah, she she sent me a really, really lovely letter. And that was just before, well, it was the year that I'd been um, nominated for To Carry the Sword. Bernadette Williams, and a little bit later we'll find out how she found out she'd been nominated uh, to be the sword bearer at Timwood Day. Um, just listen to Bernadette there talking about how prolific she is with the iron. I can see that you're not H. Prolific with the iron? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, I, it's one of my great failings in many ways. And I do like to think of myself as a 21st century man in many ways, in as much as, um, you know, I'm reasonably handy in the kitchen. I'm reasonably handy in the garden. Uh, I'm a happy hooverer, you know. I know how to use the dice. I don't want to know I too know much, all machine. right? <laughs> I just wonder where we're going here. But ironing. That's exactly Not where we're thing. going. It, it's never been my thing. I've never found it easy. Um, I'm happily now, as you've uh, politely pointed out, in the position where, again, over the years, I've worked in various jobs where, where I've, you know, I've worked for years in jobs where I've had to have a suit on, and other places where you don't. And the Max Radio sort of gone from one to the other. I remember when I first started in the newsroom. Yeah, all the guys, if you were doing a day shift, wore suits. I mean, it was just done. There was no Manx Radio corporate wear at the time. And if you were basically on a sort of a standard shift, it was expected that you would come in at the very least in shirt, jacket and tie. And An inappropriate tie, knowing you? No, no, they, they, were, oh, right, they were just okay. mostly straight. straight Can tie. we talk about your Christmas tie or is it not the time, probably? Uh, Christmas is probably the time for okay, that. OK, all right. Yeah. Although I, I can't you, it's not entirely festive, apart from the glowing red bit. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I've never managed to. I've had lessons over the years from uh, from various friends and relatives fun. on ironing, <laughs> how to iron a shirt. My my sister-in-law, uh, right, I'll show you how to iron a quick way to iron a shirt, and she showed me at one stage how to do a shirt in her quick method, which I adopted and used for a time when I was wearing you know shirts every day. Uh, but now I don't, so I've never mastered it. However, and again, it's maybe we could explore this at some stage. I'm convinced there is a male female thing on this to do with multitasking, and that no. I don't know any men who iron and watch a film. I know lots of uh, of you know girlfriends and friends and my own wife who is very handy on that she's great on the ironing she does all the ironing in my house I don't do anything and I held my hand up to that I'm happy to do lots of other things but she and did volunteer you know early doors when we got together saying oh I don't mind doing the ironing and every so often she says oh lord I've got a great big pile so she'll set up the ironing board put the tv on and we'll watch a film or oh, watch yeah, whatever definitely. and whack through a whole it's the only way ironing. to do it can't Antiques Roadshow on a Sunday night. You see, a shirt, I think, it's just about having a routine with it. So it's collar, shoulders, arm, arm, side, back, other side. Yeah, and and I think that was more or less what uh, Daphne was trying to show me and probably other people as well. But I, I'm, just, I'm just no good. I am just no good at it. And I certainly either am mining or I'm watching the Antiques Roadshow. Not both. I cannot enjoy or do both simultaneously. I suppose it's... And I'd love to hear from any men who do because I've only heard women who say, oh, yeah, 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 doing exactly this. Ironing, watch a film, watch the Antiques Roadshow, watch whatever it is, so you enjoy the programme, can take all that in, and whiz through a really good big pile of ironing at the same time. I think you're right, actually. You do struggle with multitasking, because that thing of thinking about what you're going to say and speaking at the same time sometimes doesn't work, does it? Sorry, I can't say anything. I was just... <laughs> 
Getting overloaded there. It's really. Tammy Gindis here on Manx Radio. I wonder what's next. I wonder what's next. Well, um, paper. Paper. Have you ever made paper? Have you wondered have how I ever paper made is, paper? Have you ever wondered how paper is made? i tell you what I used to do as a child. I used to get um, a load of toilet paper, clean toilet paper. Oh, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where that one was going. I used, to, I, know, I used to do a dirty protest. <laughs> I used to wet it right. and leave it to dry in the hope that it would magically make paper. Did you use it again? <laughs> Did you have to wash your hands a lot as a child? <laughs> well, no, it's not toilet paper. And that apparently isn't how you make paper. But if you want to find out more, I didn't even know that Manx National Heritage has its own paper conservator. A, wow, no, yes, I didn't know either. A, a person who works there, she's called Emma Cornu, and she that is her job. She looks after paper and she conserves paper and she, all the old documents, etc., etc., is a bit of a paper expert. And so during this uh, year's Manx Wildlife Week, as part of loads of different things going on there, to do with the environment and wildlife and all the rest of it, of course, she is doing a... A workshop, as it were, you can make your own sheet of paper uh, and add wildflower seeds for its second way, uh, for its sort of second life. And you can take away your own homemade sheets of paper that you use and you made to make cards, envelopes, invitations, and more. And when you're finished, you can sow it in a pot or the garden, and the seeds will grow. How wow, about that? that so wonderful stuff. To find out more, I uh, checked in with Emma, and she uh, spilled the beans, as it were. Or is it seeds? I don't know. I'm doing an event. Um on wildflower paper making so the idea is um, it's a workshop so that you can make your own piece of paper and you can incorporate wildflower seeds that then you can take away and you can use it as a gift to give to people as a card or a postcard and then when you're finished with it you can plant it and watch the seeds grow Um, so because I'm a paper conservator so that's my area of specialty There'll be a little bit of background into paper making and different kinds of paper that are suitable for composting and Mm -hmm. that are more biodegradable than others. So we'll talk a little bit about that and then we'll get really hands-on making the pulp, um, using frames to make your sheet of paper. So you'll be able to take away a a few sheets of paper after the workshop and um, do whatever you want with them. This is terrific. So something and paper you will have made yourselves. I mean, that's um, yeah. a bit of a first for many people, I'd have thought. Yes, I know it is becoming very popular, especially over lockdown. I think a lot of people did start making their own paper at home. Um, but I'm coming at it from a bit more of a, a, a different angle because um, paper making is something that I kind of have studied a lot mm-hmm. for my for my work, for my job. So we can look at different methods of paper making. We use a lot of Japanese paper in paper conservation. So we can kind of look at how they make paper in Japan and what plants they use um, for their paper making as compared to what we use in the West and using wood and trees to make paper, which kind of changed the whole um, quality of paper. So there'll be a bit more of that kind of background included. So hopefully when you've got your piece of paper by the end of the workshop, you'll, you'll have learned a lot more about you know, how it's made, mm-hmm. the history of it, how it's holding itself together, and all that kind of how stuff. How do you get into the world of paper? Well, I, my background is art, and I did a lot of drawing and printmaking, so that's all on paper. I just kind of really fell in love with paper, which sounds a bit strange, but it's such a kind of wonderful material, and the history of it as well is very rich because it kind of really changed the whole way that 
we communicate with each other um, through writing and having that as a support for writing. And we still use it so much today. And it's even being informed through nature um, how paper's made because using wood pulp to make paper now um, was inspired by the wasp, the paper wasp that uses trees to make its nests. So that was what kind of gave that light bulb moment for, oh, we can use trees to make paper. So again, it's, yeah, it's all connected back to nature as well with the materials. Marvellous. And will your workshops be? They will be in um, the Manx Museum Seminar Room 1 and they are on um, Saturday the 10th at 10am and 2pm, so we a two-hour workshop. And and open to anyone, really? You don't need any previous skill? Or no, no, open nope. to anyone. Every, all the materials are provided. You can bring your own kind of recycling bits you've got at home if you want to use, or if you want to make decorative parts, you can bring little petals or leaves. Um, but if you don't, you don't have to bring anything if you don't have it. We've got oh. everything there. Oh, sorry, Emma. All the stuff is provided. Oh, I was cut her off in her prime there, which is great. So you can go along. You don't need to be an expert. You don't need to bring anything. It is all there at the Manx uh, Museum. It's uh, £10, I think it's priced, uh, to go and have a go at making paper. And like I say, you, get, you, you come away with your own paper, your own sheets of paper you have made by your own little hands. Well, big hands in your case, obviously. But um, And then it's got the seeds in it, and you can recycle it. Absolutely fantastic stuff. You can get... Um, the details, manxnationalheritage.im, and it's uh, Manx Wildlife Week 2021. All sorts of stuff going on. So paper isn't your bag, if you look. See what I did oh, there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Thank you. Uh, then there are lots of other things, all sorts of there's insect workshops, and there's bees, there's bats, there's you name it. There's even a snorkeling safari. I could see you doing that. Hmm. Uh, you're listening to Tamagindis here on Manx Radio with Beth and Howard. And earlier in the show, we were hearing from Bernadette Williams about how she started out as a standard bearer for the Royal British Legion. And she left us on a cliffhanger because she was talking about when she got that call and knew that she had been nominated to be the sword bearer for Timwood Day. Well, I had a phone call. I had a phone call. To be honest, I thought someone was playing a trick on me. And this thing, first they asked me where I was, whether I was Manx. So I said, yes, I was born up Fisted. So, okay. Um, and then they went on and said, well, you, you're retiring now from this, this and this. And yeah, um, how would you feel about carrying the sword? Because the sword bearer at the time, um, Peter, he, he wasn't well. So I initially did it. 1997 was for one year. So I thought, okay. I wasn't sure whether they are going to put me in a sheepskin with Viking horns or what they were going to do. Um, and initially, it was Pauline Pescod, Alex Downey, Donald Gelling. And they were the committee that designed the uniform. Well, initially, and then they came back and they said, no, I didn't like that one. And sadly, Peter, he passed away. So then it came that they came back and said, right, can we reappoint? But no, they just said, would, would I do it? And I said, well, I'll try it. If I can't do it well, I won't do it at all because I, I didn't know how heavy it was. I didn't know what it involved because when I was there with the, the standard and as the parade marshal, I was focused on what I was doing, not what anybody else was doing. So I, I didn't know the intricacies of... Because of, you, you, you go here and you go there and you there's nobody there to tell you. There's, um, you. You just need to know what to do. But you study your notes and you, you, you learn and once you've done it once, you're fine. 
Looking back and thinking perhaps of some advice to pass on to, to whoever's going to take this role on next, what would be the best piece of advice you think you could pass on to them? Just do your best. Whatever you think your best is, do better. Do better. It's, it's, it is the biggest honour you will ever be afforded. It's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful occasion and such a privilege. That's, that's from the 12th century, that sword. And I last year, I took the duplicate that they have um, that sits when, because of course they, you don't take the, the sword anywhere. Um, and I took it to Arbury School to show the children. Oh my goodness. And they had the, one or two of the little boys and girls came up and, and I took my hat along. So I thought, I'm not going in uniform, but it's kind of scary. So I took the hat and I said, right, you can pop the hat on and you can hold the sword and we'll take a photo. And we actually got Jonathan Ayres and we put the hat on him as well. <laughs> he looks together, Jonathan. <laughs> and as I said, we are just a couple of weeks away now. So is there going to be the faint smell of boot polish wherever you go in this house? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, uh, I've been out a couple of times practising. I, I have a couple of pairs of shoes and I decide on the day which ones they're going to be the most comfortable, depending how hot it is. That's the only thing at your feet because you're, you're, you're stood for so long and you have to, even when you're slow marching, your feet have to be, you, you've got to hold them in a certain way and then you're stood at attention. So. I bet you're a demon with the iron as well, aren't you? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we have a steamer. <laughs> but even before that was an iron and a damp cloth. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Wow. I just wonder what it's going to be like for you next year. I know you, you will still be going to the Timwood Day ceremony. and Sad. Very sad. Very sad. But things have to come to an end. You, you can't go on forever. So I, I wouldn't want to be 90 and trying to get up them steps. I'm telling you what, I bet if anyone could do it, you could. I'd give it a go. No, you, you, need, to, you need to stop when people still think that you're fairly reasonable at what you're doing. You don't want people to say, I remember when she used to be good at that. Oh, oh, oh Bernadette, thank you so much. It's been an absolute privilege talking to you and I hope you have the best day. I will. Oh, I definitely will. My family will be there and we will probably have, like we did last year, we had a family picnic in the Arboretum and my two little grandsons, they arranged um, a gruffalo hunt through the... We had a ball. Absolute fabulous. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Bernadette Williams and wishing her all the best for her final Timwell Day as a sword bearer. And if you would like to know any more about what goes on behind the scenes to make Timwell Day happen, then there is a programme called Behind the Hill. It's on at 5.30 on Timwell Day. And it's basically me speaking to just some of the people. Basically you. It's basically me. Mm. It's all me. Actually, I do it all. Just listening. Just listen to me. Speaking to all those people who make Timbald happen, that's what you're going to say, wasn't it? You just interrupted the unsung, me there, but it's the all right. Heroes. No, it's fine. Well, no, no. I'm getting a bit bored. It is time again. One of our regular things which we've kept is our delve into the archive. So at the end of the corridor, uh, at the top there, there's a room full of tapes and CDs and cassettes and wax tablets and phonographs and God knows what else. We just go and pick something up at random and see what's there. A little bit of Manx Radio history. So if you say push the button, I'll see if I can do on this cassette, would you believe? Cassette, Grandad. Cassette. All right, push the button, Dave. And we're going to be opening our crime file after the break. As soon as we. Broadcasting from the Isle of Man, this is Bike Trader Radio TT. 
This is John Moss with the news. Prospects for TT98 look bright already as the steam packet reports thousands of fans have already booked up 12 months ahead. And the airlines are also reporting increased numbers. Manx Airlines say they carried over 5% more passengers on Manx routes from May the 23rd to June the 1st compared to last year. 50 extra flights were laid on to meet demand, mainly from Liverpool, Manchester and Dublin. Radio TV. Oh my lord, it's going back a bit, isn't it? Good afternoon, we're live from Ramsey. June Turner. June Turner. Good lordy. That's about it for this week. We're going to be back, same time, same place, next week. See you then. Take care, bye-bye.